Welcome to Kids Considered, where two pediatricians discuss children's health topics of interest to parents in a podcast with new subjects considered every episode. I'm Dr. Lena Rostein. And I'm Dr. Dean Blumberg. And we're both pediatricians at UC Davis Children's Hospital in Sacramento, California. And that leads us to today's topic. Hi, my name is Allison Gage, and I'm a senior in high school. I wanted to talk about my parents' divorce and the effects it might have on my little brother. I was older when it happened, but my brother was still pretty young. So sometimes it seems like he is having a hard time with it even now, and I think my parents went about it in a civil and respectful way. But sometimes I feel like I don't know everything. How do you recommend other parents to handle the situation that so many families go through just like mine? It's a really insightful question and important one. It is. And it's um, it's really sweet that she's looking out for her younger brother, too. Mm-hmm. And it's really also heartwarming to hear the, the way her parents went about it. She, you know, that she feels good, as good like as one can be about it. Civil and respectful to yeah. one another. So I think this is a really important topic because we know so many families go through it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's real. It's a real tough situation. Yeah, divorce and separation is hard on everyone in a family. It's obviously hard on the parents. And very hard on the kids. And there's a lot of emotions involved. And as parents, we want to protect our children. Parents' top priority is their children's well-being. And usually is even the case when they're splitting up. And they want to model good relationships for them in the future. Right, so that their children will grow up and have healthy relationships when they're adults. So let's take a step back and talk about how common divorce is. So I think most people will know it's very common. In the United States, one in five marriages will end in divorce by the fifth anniversary. That is a lot. And almost half of marriages by the 20th anniversary. Wow, I didn't realize it was that common. So where should we start? So let's talk about how parents can support their children during this very difficult time. So first, parents need to set aside their differences and collaborate on behalf of their children. Right? Sometimes easier said than done, but parents must try to work together to make this transition as easy as possible for their kids. Because even though the marriage ends, the role of parenting is going to continue. So parents need to put their children first. We know that this can be a real challenge. But if they can support their children, then their children are more likely to thrive despite the parental separation. So how children react will depend on their specific situation. Children will likely be shocked and sad and angry, although some may experience some aspect of relief because they've been noticing the tension between their parents. Because the separation decreases the strains in their relationship. Mm -hmm. And of course, the parents are under enormous stress themselves. The concern is that the divorce might be associated with long-term problems in children. So these may be academic or behavioral problems. Or social and emotional difficulties. So what are some of the specific concerns for children who end up living in non-nuclear families? Non-nuclear is kind of one of those terms also that dates you. But so this (laughs) means families that are something other than two married parents. Right, yeah. The concern is that these kids could be at higher risk for poor health outcomes, learning difficulties, ADHD, attention deficit hyperactivity Mm -hmm. disorder, as well as emotional and behavioral difficulties. So these are all very important concerns. Right. And many children experience short-term painful feelings. 
And many can bounce back within the next two to three years after the separation. Though for some, the sense of loss can really last for years. Right, and it can be worse on specific holidays, birthdays, or other special events when one parent might be missing. And we'd like to prevent any of the long-term problems from developing. And how children react can depend on their age and their developmental stage. And also their parents' ability to remain sensitive to their needs. Even when the parents themselves are experiencing so much stress and transition in their own lives. Young children need to know that their people will be there for them. No matter what. Babies as young as three months old are affected by parents' emotions. So even the youngest children know that something is going on in their world. Young children may worry that divorce means their parents don't love them. And they need extra affection and reassurance during this time. While older children and teens might be more concerned about the details. Like, how will this divorce affect my life? Right, right. So the divorce may not come as a surprise to teens either. Right, they may have seen it coming. And many might have friends with divorced parents. And have wondered if their parents might be next. So parents need to have open and calm conversations with teens. And support their teens' emotional reactions to the situation. Plus continue to maintain high expectations for their behavior. Yeah. So let's go over some specific things that parents can do during this time to support their children. And we want to emphasize that these recommendations are based on evidence. On research. They're not just our theoretical ideas throwing them out there. So Okay. Let's first address how to most appropriately break the news to children. So this is the first talk informing them of an upcoming separation or divorce. Right. The messages relayed from parent to child should be simple and very clear. So leave out details that could lead to children thinking that they need to fix the problem. Or that they may be the cause of the divorce. So ideally, parents should talk to their children together. Together in a calm manner and tone. Something like, we've decided that we can't live together anymore and we do not want to stay married. This was not an easy decision, but this was an adult decision. It has absolutely nothing to do with you. We both love you and will go on loving you and raising you as a team. So you may want to let them know that both mommy and daddy will be happier. And there will be two homes where the child will be loved. That both parents will continue to be an important part of their lives. It's an extremely difficult conversation. So we need to allow the children to really absorb this dramatic news. And... Most kids are likely going to have mixed feelings. And reactions. So make sure there's plenty of time and space for their questions. And these will evolve over time. Right. And we'll talk about some of the common questions kids may have and later and how we can answer them. Okay, so let's remember that less conflict leads to more resilient and less stressed children. So the divorce will change the dynamics. There should be less conflict in the household. Right, and really it should create a calmer and less stressful environment. And this is beneficial for children. So as difficult as this initial conversation may be, parents should shield their children from fighting as much as possible. And just because parents are separating doesn't mean they shouldn't be involved in their children's lives. Absolutely. Children do better if both parents are involved. And when both parents are positively involved. Right. Thank you. This is assuming that both parents are safe and capable caregivers. Of course. So if one parent may have diminished capacity to provide care. Like I have a developmental disability or mental health challenges or substance use issues. 
then in these cases, it's important for the other parent to express empathy and humility. And for both parents to reinvest in the parental goals of supporting the kids. And never talk negatively about the opposite parent. And reassure kids of unconditional love. And try not to explain the intents of the other parent. So in the case of when one or both parents are not able to fully care for the child... That parent should seek professional help during the times of the divorce. They're going to be experiencing many challenges. But when both parents are capable... And one parent will be separating and leaving... Then the non-resident parent... The one who moves out... Right. Should strive to maintain a close and supportive relationship with the children. And the resident parent should facilitate this. Right. So both parents should continue to listen to their children about their problems... And provide emotional support. And help with everyday issues... Like homework. Right. And going to sporting events. Mm -hmm. And maintain rules and expectations for the kids' behavior. We've talked about this in other episodes that were about behavior, the consistency issue. Consistency and routine and expectations is very important for children. So parents should aim for a style that really promotes warmth and boundaries. Because we've talked that children thrive under these conditions. A stable and consistent approach to parenting is always appropriate. But it's especially important to be protective of a child during a separation. Children do better when their parents collaborate. And communicate with each other regularly. And offer consistent rules across homes. Consistency is important. We definitely can't emphasize that enough. Although sometimes parents will have different parenting styles. And rules in each of their houses. So when they do have different styles and rules, what's best in these cases? Parents need to acknowledge differing parenting styles. So be upfront with it. Right. And communicate with the kids that the parental love is present despite different approaches. And kids can really learn these different approaches quickly and tailor to new environments. Mm -hmm. Um, So even though a similar parenting style and expectations is the best, a kid will adjust easily. They'll adapt. Mm -hmm. Okay, so spending time with both parents may be a real challenge sometimes. Because both parents might want as much time as possible. So this is even more challenging when parents are separated by more distance. Right, like move states or Mm -hmm. across town. But there are solutions to this. So in the (laughs) olden days, this was telephone calls were emphasized. (laughs) Yeah, nobody's on the phone anymore. These were landlines, right? Um, Telephone calls are great, but there's other ways too. Uh huh. So you're going to recommend some more modern method of communication, (laughs) right? So video chatting is great. You know, you can look at each other and see each other, show Mm -hmm. what you're working on at school. Mm -hmm. So that's a real closer form of communication communication to talk and have the opportunity to really see each other. Right. And they can use social networking sites to help feel closer. Mm -hmm. Email. Of course. But really, there's nothing like actually being physically together. Right. But at least these alternatives allow a parent to stay involved in their kids' lives. Until the next time they're together. Right. Okay. Let's talk about a real challenge for separating parents. Okay. So it is very critical that they support rather than undermine the other parent's authority. So this is really important for the child, but it's really difficult for the parents. It can be difficult because, you know, you're going through this huge struggle. You know, there's usually tensions that led to this to happen in the first place. And so there's a lot of resentment usually, but it's really critical that children don't feel like they're caught in the middle between their parents. So even when divorced and separating couples have a lot of resentment towards their former spouse or partner. Children should be spared from witnessing hostility between them. Because children deeply love both of their parents. 
And even good, great people and great parents can get really ugly during these fights. And this can be really confusing to children. And words that are used during these hostile conversations and anger can actually be seared and really traumatizing to children. They can remember them for their whole lives. And this can interfere with their ability to remain close to both parents. So it's very important to avoid talking poorly of your former spouse. Sometimes this takes every ounce of restraint not to tell your children how you've been hurt by your spouse. But it's important to allow your child to continue to relate well to both parents. So even if you need to vent to your friends or a therapist or someone that's outside of the home, it's really important to find that person that's not mm -hmm. your kid and do not do it at home. Right. And so we'll talk about other support later, but just, you know, for the children, it's important for the children to be able to see either parent without worrying about hurting the other. Or leaving the other parent feeling jealous or angry. So never force children to take sides. Every child will have loyalties to both parents. Children need to be able to continue to build a relationship with each parent. Without feeling any disloyalty to the other. Even if communication is extremely difficult between the parents. The child should not be used as the go-betweener between the parents. Right, or pumped for information about the other parent as they move between houses. Because every child is a combination of both parents. So children will worry if they're mother rejected their father or the other way around that they may also be rejected if they act like the offender right right so let's say that despite the parents best efforts <laughs> that children overhear an argument or parents criticizing one another well then what should the parents do this may happen, and at that point, they should just explain to their children that sometimes adults or people get angry, and sometimes they can say things to each other that are hurtful. And so then they need to model polite behavior, even though it might be really difficult. Right, and really, they should apologize to one another in front of the kids so that they learn that this is not acceptable behavior. Right, so it's best to discuss concerns and feelings with the other parent when the child can't hear. Because we know that these talks can become heated. And if there is so much tension that parents are always fighting in front of the kids. Then the parents need to take a break from each other until they let things cool down. So what about the situation if they need to see each other, like, for example, for custody exchanges of the kids? Then it's best to do this in a neutral public place. Like daycare or the babysitter? Or school. One parent can drop them off and the other parent can pick them up. And there's no danger of an argument in front of the child. Right, because they're not all together at the same time. Okay, so let's talk about a common trigger. Mm-hmm. So sometimes a parent will dislike an attribute in a child who reminds them of their former spouse. You know, like they're acting just like... <laughs> like their father. Yeah. <laughs> this is common. It can be a physical or a behavioral reminder. And this can be dangerous for the child's well-being. The parent may feel the urge to say something out of anger. Like, you are just like your father or mother. Parents need to stop themselves if they feel this way. Because it's a way of shaming the child. Not only can they feel ashamed, but they also wonder if they will be rejected. Since the parents have already rejected each other. Right. So let's not forget about routines. Right. So even during this time of change. Or turmoil. Maintaining as many routines as possible is comforting for children. And establishing new routines can also be useful. What do you mean? Like, for example, if there's a custody exchange, the parent dropping the child off might want to sing a short goodbye song or create a new ritual. Okay. This can strengthen the family bond. I can see that. Try to keep the child's friends and school and environment as unchanged as possible. So schedule meals, chores, and bedtime at regular times. Right, so they know exactly what to expect each day. 
Parents need to live up to their promises to visit or spend time with their children. A routine weekly or monthly schedule might be comforting to them. Schedules are great. Mm-hmm. It's important to not force children in this situation to grow up too fast. Right. So let kids be kids. So sometimes separated or divorced parents can turn to their older children for emotional support. Even if children say that they want to help their parents. It is not the child's role to comfort you. Right. So parents are the one who should be offering comfort and support to their children. And they need to help ease their children's fears. And make sure that they feel secure. Also, don't tell older children things like, you're the man of the house now. That really puts pressure on the children. And they're going to feel guilty when they can't. And inevitably, they will not because their children live up to that role. Right. On the other hand, you can let them know how important their contribution is to the family. So you can say things like, I need you to help me make sure your younger brother is handling this okay. As long as you see how the older child is doing also. Mm -hmm. So it's important for parents to check in with their kids very frequently during this time. So let the child know what's happening. And make sure the child's feeling comfortable. Allow your child to share their fears, their worries and feelings. And make them feel safe. And special. When talking to your child, be completely open and honest about what's going to happen. Talk about divorce in simple terms. Like your dad and I are having some trouble getting along. Or your mother and I are thinking we need to separate. Make sure your child knows that the divorce is not their fault. Tell them that they can't fix the problems or make the two of you stay together. Reassure your child that you both love them. And will never leave them. And try not to blame your ex-spouse. Or show anger. Explain in a no-fault manner that parents sometimes need to live their lives separately. And then be patient with questions. You do not have to know all the answers to their questions. Right. So sometimes just carefully listening to your child is more helpful than talking. Some questions your child might ask you are, why are you getting a divorce? Where am I going to live? Are we going to have to move? Will I need to change schools? How often will I see dad or mom? Are we going to be poor? Was this divorce my fault? Will you ever get back together again? When responding to these questions, reassure your child that they're safe and loved. So we've been talking a lot about what parents can do to help their children. Yes. But don't forget that others can help. Right. So children can seek out and obtain support from others. Then they'll be better to adapt to changes associated with the divorce. So parents can encourage children to talk with a trusted friend or adult about what they're going through. This might be neighbors or friends' parents or grandparents. These relationships can offer support and be helpful to children as they adjust to a divorce. Teachers and social workers should also be made aware of a divorce so that they can be aware if other problems occur at school or if the kid needs someone to talk to at school. It's also important for your school to know who to contact for permission for special activities or in an emergency. There are also evidence-based programs that help children adjust and support them during and through and after a divorce. Can you give us an example of one of those programs? Mm -hmm. The Children of Divorce Intervention Programs, or the CODIP. And we'll put a link to this on our website. Right. And parents can be a model and get help themselves. So they can show how they reach out to others for support. Right, like with their physician or a pediatrician. Or family counselor. Parents may want to see a counselor themselves just to help adjust to a divorce. Or join a support group for divorced or single parents. And there are tons of books and articles that are written to help support both parents and children. And we'll put a link to some good resources on our website. 
It's important for parents to demonstrate that they genuinely believe that reaching out to others is an act of strength and not weakness. Parents often feel guilt about divorce. Because their relationship has failed. And they worry about the effect on their children. But parents need to remember that hostility in the home is never good for parents. Or kids. So if parents will be happier and healthier living separately. Then they will likely be better able to provide positive support to their family. And if parents are happier living separately, then they will also have more time for themselves and for their children. So it's not all bad. It's not all bad. It can be really and sometimes the best the best thing mm-hmm. for for the kid and it'll show that you know you want to model what a good relationship is you want that kid to know you know that these behaviors are not what a what a marriage looks like right and modeling a good behavior even when the relationship is being separated or right. it's over totally mm-hmm. so let's summarize some of the main things that parents can do to make separation and divorce easier on their children Parents need to communicate simply and clearly with their children. In an age-appropriate manner. Leaving lots of opportunities for questions. Do not fight or argue in front of your kids. Keep any heated discussions out of earshot of them. Reassure your children that you love them. And that the divorce has nothing to do with them. Be prepared for your kids to have lots of questions. And these will likely trickle out over time. Never force your child to choose sides. In fact, try to facilitate the other parent interacting with the child. This is the healthiest for everyone involved. Keep checking in with your children. See how they're doing with the divorce. Maintain routines for children as much as possible. Because these routines can be very comforting. Finally, don't be reluctant to get outside support. For your children. Or for yourself. For children to be able to rebound from a divorce, it's vital that they know their parents will go out of their way to include them in their lives as fully and as often as possible. No matter what the distance. Or their feelings towards their former spouse. Let's get back to our phone call from Allison. Right. I mean, she, for a teenager, so insightful. Right. Um, so that's a, obviously a very positive sign. Right. And it, she's looking out for her younger brother. And her parents have sounded like they've been very respectful um, right. with each other during this process. Right. And I think that she's doing all the right things. You know, it's an open conversation. Sounds like the parents have been respectful, including them, mm-hmm. um, asking questions. And I think it's just something that as they continue to grow up, they'll continue to work with. Right. So although divorce, I'm sure it must have been difficult for her and her younger brother. I mean, it sounds like things were handled in the best way possible. Mm-hmm. And that reminds me of a funny quote. <laughs> okay. We're going with the quote this time. Okay. Yeah. I couldn't find an appropriate divorce joke. All right. Who is the quote from? Groucho Marx. Who? The Marx Brothers. Mm. Mm. Okay. So again, I'm dated there. So Groucho Marx was trying to explain the reason behind divorces. Mm -hmm. And what did he say? Marriage is the chief cause of divorce. (laughs) Okay, that's an interesting one. We thank licensed clinical social worker Angelus Dupree at UC Davis Children's Hospital for reviewing today's topic, although Dr. Lena and I take responsibility for any errors or misinformation. That wraps up this episode of Kids Considered. You can find more information on our website, kidsconsidered.ucdavis.edu. Follow us on Twitter at Kids Considered. And Instagram at Kids Considered. If you have feedback on this show or topics you would like us to discuss in the future, we would love to hear from you. Please call us. Our number is 916-915-3388. Or email us at kidsconsidered at gmail.com. 
Please rate us on iTunes or wherever you subscribe to your podcasts. Thank you for listening, and we hope you will join us for our next podcast. Kids Considered is sponsored by UC Davis Children's Hospital. So, um, do you have any experience with divorce with your... My parents? Parents, friends? My parents were not divorced. Um, Mm -hmm. And then I think I shared in a prior episode that uh, my mom passed away when I was younger. But yeah, the first but, episode, mm-hmm. the tattoos. And, yeah. um, my dad did start dating, obviously, after that. Afterwards. And that was challenging for me. Was it? Um, just, you know, it's a new, it's out of routine, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, who is this new person? Mm-hmm. And that is a whole thing we didn't get into. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, as a preteen, that was really hard for me. Mm-hmm. Um and as I got older, I started just to think, I don't want him to be alone. <laughs> you know, you you go through all of these things with your parents, and at some point you realize that they're just, you know, human, mm-hmm. and you want them to have someone to go travel with and go to movies on weekends with and things mm-hmm. like that. So I think as a teenager, my viewpoint around that changed. And I'm sure it's similar mm-hmm. for kids that um, have someone that's, a parent that's divorced and mm-hmm. and dating and yeah, we really didn't address that. That would be a whole new subject <laughs> that we could address. It would, but I have tons of friends also whose parents have gotten divorced, and mm-hmm. you know, a younger I think the the younger they are, the more of a surprise it is, and the older it is, I think they actually can see it coming a mm-hmm. lot of the time. You know, we don't give enough our teenagers enough respect for for kind of mm-hmm. knowing these things, right? Right. Yeah. When I was a kid, I think divorce, that's when divorce was becoming more popular and it was mm-hmm. called like an epidemic. <laughs> and where I where I grew up in the San Francisco Bay Area, actually the area I grew up in, there was a lot of people getting divorced. And for a while I was thinking, God, it's really odd that my parents are still married, right? Because <laughs> like, almost all my friends like had had parents who were divorced. Yeah. And then my parents came up to us and had this conversation. And when I was reviewing this episode, it reminded me a lot of my parents sitting down and talking to us. And I just realized mm-hmm. how much they did right. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. And, and not only in that first talk, which I'll never forget, yeah. but afterwards too. And I, I, I think that was one of the defining moments in my life that made my life so much better. Yeah. You know, you don't, you don't like to want to wish for your parents to get divorced, but from my perspective, there was tons of tension. Yeah. And then they got divorced and they got along great. <laughs> and, the, <laughs> yeah. and it was like great for us, for at least for my, you know, my sisters might have had different opinions, but that's how that's how it worked for me. Right. It, it was, it was, I think it's important for mm-hmm. parents to hear that because a lot of times they think we're staying together for the kids. Right. But really, kids can kids read all of your body language, your interactions, mm-hmm. and you're right. I, and at times, it can be a relief for the family, but mm-hmm. and there's the right way to go about it. So that's awesome. Thank you for sharing that. Mm-hmm.